Um, I've been really into sequels lately. Just a weird fascination, and uh, this could become more apparent why later. Um, is it weird that I run into a lot of seagulls at my local grocery store? I I live in a landlocked state, and there's just seagulls everywhere. Do you call like I, landlocked seagulls something different? Land goals. Land goals. <laughs> yeah, but I was just about to say that too. I've been thinking like we're maybe I'm close to a lake, so maybe like lake goals or or like like goals. Lakels? Well, they're definitely... Well, you don't live by a bay, so they can't be bagels, that's for sure. What defines a bay? <laughs> I don't... I'm looking, hold on. Okay. A bay is like, uh... Kind of like an inlet. An inlet. A broad inlet of the sea okay. where the land curves inward. So there has to be wow. a sea. So a bagel is still a seagull. Yes, but it lives by the bay. Okay. So I, I probably it's just an old wives' tale, but I hear that it's the parking lots, the massive, massive parking lots that you have in a giant city like where you live. Uh huh. And the birds get confused with like the heat waves that come off of the blacktop like that, uh -huh. and they think it's water, so then they get stuck there. <laughs> no, they get stuck. Here. No, that that's how it works. That can't possibly be the thing. They're like just, a they're mirage. Just, I. <laughs> like a mirage. <laughs> yeah, like the exact opposite of a. Well, no, that is exactly no, how mirage works. No, they think there's water. They go there, and it's a parking lot, and they hit my car. Huh. <laughs> they get in your car. Are you? <laughs> they just. Freaking... You That's they get you the car. They get in the car, and they say, "Man, it's really warm." And they leave. Are you just like bringing seagulls home every day? Is your home yeah, just like overran? Where do you hit your birds? I just the, I the, I like the concept of like going over to Danny's house and then like you're 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 just like you're exploring his house as you would at somebody's house, you know, just doing a normal house exploring. And you like walk towards yeah. the door and he gets really he's like, No, don't go in there and he won't like explain why. And you just open it and thousands of seagulls just fly out of there. Why else do you think I'm not really allowed at Danny's house? You keep letting <laughs> his precious seagulls out? Yeah, and then I just keep coming over problem. every week. Now I'm gonna starve. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what Danny's been doing with those seagulls? He's just eating them every week? Uh, yeah, all Tristan, come on. Then why haven't we had seagull once it's He's never had us. Game. We just show up to play Dungeons and Dragons. It's not. Boring. It'd be pretty rude if he hosted and then he and then we made him make us supper. That's true. Because there is precious seagulls. That it doesn't help that I keep letting those seagulls out. You're not. You're not fostering any goodwill. Have we introduced ourselves yet? No, we'll, we'll no. get to that. I. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to use any of this. I just wanted to talk to you guys about seagulls. <laughs> No, this John, all stays John, in the episode. I beg you to use this. <laughs> you may. This is the best content that we've ever this? recorded anything. Uh, no, I just, I was really fascinated. Like, I, I can't, I, I could, I'm not like a, 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 a birdologist or whatever, but like, they look like <laughs> seagulls. That's the word, yep. 
Nope, that's it. I, yep, nailed it. I look at these We've birds and it's peaked. like, I, I've never seen a seagull before, so <laughs> I could be totally wrong. But I think it's... So they look what I, what I imagine a seagull looks like. Might be pigeon. Uh, I was gonna say, just a pigeon. <laughs> Welcome to the Hanging Out With cast, episode two. <laughs> gonna introduce all of ourselves because we're gonna do that every episode so our 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 names become household names and we become famous um we don't want to forget who we are no no uh the the names that i have up on screen that flash every single time we talk definitely don't already identify who we are but let's do it anyways so i'm your host john um the hostess with the mostess and uh, my 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 first buddy, my first pal, is gonna be, you know him, you love him, you can't get enough of him. James, tell us about yourself, James. Hi, I'm James. Uh, uh, that's as far as I thought I would get. Uh, uh, hi everybody. I guess I don't know. Did I introduce? What did I say last time? I uh, you talked about how you haven't found anything interesting about yourself, and you hope that this podcast would illuminate just any sort of trait that you have. Can you play that part again? Yeah, I'll just. <laughs> uh, the next that would person, be really handy. The next person we have in our podcast is the USA's most eligible bachelor. It is our boy, Daniel Salsa Mild. Hey. Cool, cool. Um, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> last week's, or last, it's been much longer than a week. I Time has no meaning. Uh, our last episode's last special guest that doesn't make any sense. I'm going to take that one from the top. Last week. <laughs> <laughs> what a train wreck. What an absolute train wreck we are. Already. Last episode, special guest becoming a regular cast member. Skyler is here once again. Huh? Oh, boy. <laughs> Why? I don't, I don't think in your intro you can do Why? a voice. I think I, they need to identify your voice. I though. also have to say that I don't think that character, I'm going to call him Morky Morse, uh, is in public domain, so I cannot have you do that because we will be shut Morky down. Morse? I don't, I don't think it's that like someone could be considered a special guest when there's only been one episode. Well, you were the special and guest, you were back. the secret guest last time, you remember? You remember? Remember when you just popped up out of the ether? I do pop up out of the ether sometimes. It's it's my signature trait. 
you're here you for know, the intro at, this time. At, yeah, it's my. I use a a special staff. My name is Vagle. <laughs> I warp places. I got a brother called Donate. <laughs> Thank you. Oh Legally distinct from the famous series Demon May Howl. What is yeah. happening? I don't know. I don't think any I'm, of this works. I don't know. This is terrible. Uh, Hi, I'm Skyler. Nice to meet you. a cold open. We, <laughs> we can try again for a third time. <laughs> we can, okay. Do you want me to let's let's take it from the top again? <laughs> uh, I think you should keep that all in there. Keep it all. No. In there. Uh, our last guest <laughs> is our new guest. His name is. Tristan. Say hi, Tristan. Hi. Hi, tell, Tristan. Tell us a little <laughs> bit about yourself, uh, especially since this will be your first time joining us. Oh, God, I didn't plan this at all. Um, well, hi, hoping to become a regular. You don't obviously won't know me from anything, but I'm happy to be here. Okay. So, uh... Same same thing as last time. Uh, we're gonna talk about like movies and games we played. We didn't talk about games at all. So this time, instead of dividing the two, I've just I've put games and movies in this list. Who knows what we're gonna talk about? When it's a mystery. And speaking of mysteries, <laughs> it's this week's mystery segment. Was not a mystery for long. Let's find out. This week's mystery segment is a mystery from even the people who were in the podcast. So, in the actual recording, I went in to talk about how I was not a big fan of the movie Free Guy. And I still want to have a warning of, don't watch this movie. I know a lot of people liked it. Uh, A lot of the points that I made about it was... It lived and died by its level of use of references. I'm still not a big fan of that, and I don't think that that's what I want out of my storytelling. I go to movies because I'm looking for somebody to either make something compelling or for an escape or just to see something different that I'm not used to seeing. And I don't think that this movie has a lot of that. I think this movie relies on, I know what a video game is, and I know what nerd culture is, and it's trying to appeal to the lowest common denominator with that. So I still I still can't endorse this movie, but I wanted to come in um, and talk about something positive because I felt like I was coming out spitting fire on that, and... I'm going to cut that out from the actual podcast. I I think it's really funny to record segments after the podcast to uh really surprise the uh the other cast members, but I also want to come at things from a positive angle, uh more than a negative angle. And there will be times to come out and just destroy something, but right now is not the time. So what I wanted to do for this mystery segment was endorse something that I actually did love. And this is a, another podcast 
uh, called Jeff Jeff's Bizarre Adventure. This is a podcast by Giant Bomb, which features four people. Two people who have uh, never experienced JoJo whatsoever. Uh, Two people that are into anime and have been around JoJo to some extent. Uh, So the big draw of this is the two people who haven't experienced JoJo. Uh, One of them hasn't even experienced anime at all. And he's going through uh, this being his first one and experiencing not only anime as a whole, but he is experiencing JoJo. And that is the title uh, cast member, Jeff, Jeff Bacalar, and he is being led through this by uh, two people who who know their way around anime. One of which is Super Eye Patch Wolf or or John from uh, the the Let's Fight a Boss podcast, which is a huge inspiration of mine. And I'm sure that you can feel some of the inspiration and the DNA from the Let's Fight a Boss podcast in this. But this is just a wild ride uh right now they are on season one of the anime and the plan is if they get enough support they might go past season one and i would love to see them get into season four because season four and part four i guess it would be season three uh is a personal favorite of mine and i think some of the best jojo that's out there so I just wanted to shout them out and and say if you're interested in this, give it a listen. And yeah, I mean, I I really like this podcast and I hope my love is pouring through to you guys. Anyways, uh now let's get back to those losers in the past and uh finish up this this episode. See ya. Now, back to the fun. We're going to get into the uh the chronicling a star trek we have a star trek segment on every episode we'll continue to have a star trek segment on every episode oh, no, no. that is a Can't promise a guarantee no. from the hanging out with cast yeah um so last time we checked in with uh with Danny and James we were talking about uh uh the next generation now we're into deep space 9 uh, how you guys finding it? It's actually better. It's way better. So I'm not as far. As, I I told Jimmy that I was starting my Deep Space Nine rewatch, and I got a couple eps in. At this point, I'm like towards the end of season two, but Jimmy just like blazed through to like season five. So I don't. This this guy is just consuming all of the Star Trek. For James, um, like Star Trek is pretty much the same as breathing, so I'm not super surprised. <laughs> Guys, I'm not that bad. It's way more important than breathing. Like breathing yeah. is just the necessary function of life. Like Star Trek is the reason to live. That's those are different things. No, no, it's not that bad. Okay, so uh, I like Deep Space Nine a lot. I liked it a lot than TNG when I first watched it. Uh, I did another rewatch basically right after I had finished it for the first time just to go back through, and I I liked it a lot then as well. Uh, 
going through this time, you know, having Dan to bounce ideas off of, it's actually even better. So that that's really been a treat because I knew it held up, but I didn't I didn't know to the extent that it did. And that is to say it holds up. It doesn't even hold up. Never tarnished. Right. So anyway, yeah, Deep Space Nine, it's a lot more. uh, <laughs> It's less. I don't know. It's less purely moral and it's it's not so much about having these using science fiction to discuss ethical questions in a vacuum it's no longer in a vacuum like the enterprise doesn't get to fly away at the end of the episode and so you just have to live with the people who face the consequences of the uh, of your character's choices which is really a, ver- a very nice change there's certainly less whimsy to it because you are you are in oh, yeah. this very much uh not necessarily downtrodden but a tumultuous part of the galaxy and dealing with all of those things that come with that you know uh the last episode that i watched was uh in a way about denuclearization because you've got these two parts of a society that were trying to kill each other with bioweapons and uh that's a pretty heavy topic. There's lots of heavy topics that DS9 deals with, and it deals with them in a very good way, because Star Trek is still all about those characters being in those situations, and, like, there are some really outstanding characters in this series. Some of them brought over from old ones, but that's where it really shines. I think that you guys have definitely motivated me to sit down and jump back into Star Trek. I uh I have been especially after last episode, I've been hopping into a lot of the recommendations that we've been putting out there. So, it's been expanding what I want to look into and I think I was like a season away from spending uh, uh 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 finishing the original series, but when I hop out of that and get into TNG, that sounds really awesome. And I'm really excited to hear about like the fact that there's so much good Star Trek ahead of me. Um, Easy. So, uh, because I promised video games, the, the last, uh, last episode, and we just did not even touch any of them. We're going to hop into our next segment. I want to, jump around these a little bit more just so we can widen out what we want to talk about. Uh, So the first game we have up is Fire Emblem Warriors. And Tristan, you've been playing this. Uh, How have you been finding it? Honestly, I've been playing... I like the Heroes games quite a bit. Hyrule Warriors definitely hit a lot for me, but then going into Fire Emblem Warriors after playing awakening and those kind of what just the 3ds titles because it technically basically covers those i guess that series in a general plus the game boy ones that were released way longer they kept a lot of the old mechanics from the tactics games as well as trying to mix in the extra little flair of the warriors genre into the kind of campaign that they wanted to go for. And I feel that they did that really well. There are a couple things that I know a lot of people might nitpick about just since it's always been purely a tactics game and not 
and they don't understand why it went into a Warriors kind of franchise. But just going off of what I've played so far, it actually translates pretty well. What what makes this like different than another Warriors game? Is it just like a a, a Muso game with a, a Fire Emblem skin, or are there like different mechanics in there? I know like uh, recently this last year, I've gone through um, the Age of Calamity Hyrule Warriors, and there's a lot of like rock paper scissors puzzle kind of almost action puzzle mechanics that definitely makes it feel like a Zelda game, but with some Musou flavor in there. Um, is there anything right. that kind of makes this feel more like a Fire Emblem game? Well, one thing they definitely is that's a key aspect they had to do was definitely keep the weapons triangle going on. So the axes, the spears, and the swords. They had to keep that in there to keep the feel of it so if you use certain heroes against certain types of enemies they definitely will have a harder time knocking them out other than another one like a good example would be using Krom and Lissa for example since Krom uses the sword and Lissa surprisingly uses an accident even though in the game she was a full on healer um, fighting the spear, for example, one would be able to deal way more damage and defeat them faster than the other one would. They still keep the sync pair mechanics kind of thing, because I know that, especially with like the Hyrule Warriors game, I haven't played too much of like Samurai Warriors or all of those ones, but um, Fire Emblem definitely keeps the sync pair mechanics, so that way they get stronger boosts as they go along throughout the entire series so they keep the i guess the bond mechanic kind of in there they just don't have cutscenes from what i've seen of the game so far uh they they keep the grid that you usually use for the tactics thing but only when commanding your units to go attack certain characters or other like that that's the only time they really go and attack main characters on their own because otherwise they'll just go and guard a base or something like that while in like Hyrule War the Calamity Hyrule Warriors for example you they did add the the targeting mechanic where you can have instruct your allies to go and attack the enemies but you didn't really have a say in like which route they take and anything like that as far as like the the story goes how are you getting because this is I know they just announced the uh, Three Houses Fire Emblem Warriors, but this is the one with, like, all of the characters proper. Like, you can have uh, Ike and Marth and all of those people in there, right? How do they tie yeah. all of that together? So it's kind of, think of it kind of like how they did Hyrule Warriors, where they have the gateways kind of opening. They do, they kind of pull that in where they're, it's in the, its own country, so you pl can either play as one of the two twins that kind of are like the prince and princess of this land, and in this land there is a sealed away dragon, and he had the power to open certain gateways that allowed other demons and that kind of stuff to flow through into that world. 
and that's the main i believe that's the main villain of it and he keeps opening up these portals which in turn leads the characters to somehow find themselves in this country and your main goal is to try and find every at least five heroes that can each give you a piece of the key item and lead it to that. Are there any like cool original characters? I know that the the twins that you're talking about, those are like your your what would be like your Robin and the other characters. So I know that they're original yeah. characters. Anybody else there that's like a cool standout for for ones that are playable that I've encountered so far? Uh, those are the only playable ones. Well, the uh, the other character that kind of travels with them is the prince of another land. I don't know if it's a neighboring country, if it's just a city in their country. I'm not entirely sure. I haven't gotten too far in it. He hasn't he hasn't become playable, but he can definitely do certain combats by following your character. But that's about all that I've noticed. He seems interesting. He tends to be more of a teacher kind of role than a more combatant, since the the twins would use him to assist with their target practice. We'll, we're teaching them how to do their studies and all that kind of stuff. Okay, that sounds uh, that sounds really cool, man. Um, we're gonna keep uh. A, a a sort of like RPG theme going for a little bit. This is going to be kind of video game heavy for a hot minute, but we will go back to movies and shows soon, I promise. Um, the next thing on our list is going to be Final Fantasy Four, and I uh I've been playing Final Fantasy Four. Um, the big reason I put this on here is I wanted to talk about this game because I have never been like a uh, a huge RPG head, um, but because I had my gateway drug, if you will, because James introduced me to Persona 4 in, like, I want to say our freshman year of college. Um, it's a disaster for you, Pers. For that, I apologize. <laughs> um, no, you shouldn't apologize at all. No, I should definitely apologize for showing people Persona. I... Uh, <laughs> I, uh, you know, Persona got me into a lot of different things that I like because I feel like Persona Ultimax was also like our our big jump into like jumping into fighting games. But oh, it's still oh, the only fighting game that I play. It's the only good one, actually. It's actually the only good fighting game anyone ever bothered me. Um, that's weird, huh? <laughs> it's very odd. Uh, super excited to sit and play that with you when they put rollback in it. I'm really excited about that. I'm gonna get I'm my just playing it regular. It's fine. I'm gonna get it's my fine. Akihiko ready to go and we can do our <laughs> Akihiko Yukiko matches. Just wait till we I do st- the Akihiko freaking Elizabeth matches. My thumb for an hour. My thumb is so much more carpal than it used to be, but my brain is as fresh <laughs> as ever, Johnny. I'm going to destroy you. Um, but uh, uh, what were we uh, talking about? Oh yeah. <laughs> another reason I bring this up, and I'll I'll go into both of these, is the way I am playing this is for Christmas. I had a friend get me uh 
this little machine called uh, a, I want to say it's a Abernick, uh R351P. Um, and what this is, is it's a piece of hardware that runs emulation through, uh, through I think, it's kind of good to like the PS1 era. You struggle a little bit, a little bit with like uh the Dreamcast and and uh some of those higher end things. But it it it's this cute little thing. You guys should look it up. It 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 looks like a Game Boy. It's got some thumbsticks, but I've been enjoying a lot of emulated games through it. So I decided, hey, you know, I've been getting very much into a lot of RPGs lately. Uh, I want to refine my gamer palette and play the Final Fantasy games because, you know, I feel like that's a blind side that I've had. Um, but they're just so good. I want to shout out this little machine because it is so cool. Uh, I've been playing, it's got some really good arcade emulations. So I've been playing some arcade games on there. It's got, uh, good Game Boy emulation, so at some point I'm going to go and jump through uh, a fan-translated version of Mother 3. Um, and then, obviously, what I'm going to talk about is Final Fantasy 4. But definitely check that out if you guys are into uh, emulation, and this is a big conversation I want to have because... Uh, I am pro pro emulation. It's very important for preserving games. Uh, we're seeing right now with uh, the 3DS and the Wii U uh, eShops being shut down that there's a lot of companies out there that are going to just kind of say, it doesn't matter, we're not going to preserve these. And I think stuff like this is a step in the right direction if these companies aren't going to sell their games. and have that sort of history and legacy to preserve. John, just very quickly to jump in here for legal reasons, it it cannot uh, emulate Nintendo games, right? Like it's literally impossible. It just explodes. No, it it, it I it will emulate Nintendo games. I also have hacked Nintendo a games God, God, for legal for legal reasons. It will games. not. Yeah, for legal reasons it will not, but somehow uh For legal reasons it doesn't at all. It just shuts it just explodes. I, I hacked my 3DS recently too, and <laughs> that is the best because I'm gonna go play those uh those SMT games that are really good that are going to literally be unplayable if you don't have a physical copy. And a physical copy for those now go for around like I want to say eighty to a hundred dollars, and I am much money. Once again, pro emulation. In a world where companies refuse to uh, offer an alternative, if there were ways to go in and purchase any of these things that were a better way to purchase them, I would tell you to go do that and support whatever creator. But if that creator refuses to let you do that, then steal from them. Just steal. Um, I'm actually just a huge advocate for piracy. Not speaking for the podcast, I think you should just pirate things. I, I, just saying. <laughs> just in general. Please pirate this podcast, too. 
steal this that, album. Hey, you know what? That's fine. We don't. We still don't make any money from this. Not really. No, I, we do it for the until yeah. the, unless there's a Patreon version. Steal this podcast. <laughs> um, but uh, talking about uh doing mad crimes uh aside, uh, I want to get into Final Fantasy IV. Um, this game is so incredibly good. Like uh, I'm playing the Game Boy version and uh. Like the 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 thing I need to emphasize with this is because it was at a time where, you know, there wasn't voice acting in games. There was sprite artwork, and they're squeezing the personality out of each one of these characters so well with the limited technology they have that, like, within seconds, I realize what this character is. Uh. Uh, who like what they stand for, um, and their personality just just oozes out of these sprites. So good. Uh, the story is pretty like you know, I uh, kind of on the nose. There's an evil person. There's a good person. You're a good person. You got to stop the evil person. Um, but like the places but that there's this... so many emotional twists and turns in that game too. Oh, the thing that I'm like really surprised about this game is like. I haven't seen I once again I don't play a lot of RPGs I want to hope to change that um I the thing that I'm really surprised about is like how each character is very disposable um in the sense that like I've had four separate times where a character has literally just said okay I'm going to go stop this thing and they go and sacrifice themselves and it's just like it it makes the world feel a lot more, I guess, believable that just because they're in my party, it doesn't mean that they're they're uh, gonna be safe. Permanent. Mm-hmm. And it's just like that's really cool. Um, I didn't put this on the docket, and I know that, but I really wanted to talk about piracy, and I also wanted to talk about this game specifically. Um, so I'm gonna wrap this up just because I don't want to steal all of everybody's time but FF4 cool uh I just went to the moon didn't expect to go to the moon was very shocked Nobody that I went to the moon. moon um with that we're going to jump into something a little bit more grounded we're going to talk about kingdom hearts <laughs> <laughs> and you call that okay. grounded okay um so, so <laughs> yeah you've been playing this uh Tristan and I can talk a little bit uh <laughs> about this too because I've gone through it specifically you had Kingdom Hearts 1 and then uh Rechain of Memories I've played all the way through Kingdom Hearts 1 and I think I'm like most of the way through Rechain of Memories but I uh yeah cuz I'm the one I'm who kind of got you to it. play it to be honest um that and the chaotic lore after Metal Gear ended, I needed something that was like uh uh just a little bit convoluted, so Kingdom Hearts was uh was my my methadone, if you will. Pretty much. So uh but no, I've been a fan of the series for a long time. Probably my first time playing it was probably middle school. I started with two, but then I needed to 
know the rest of the story. So I've been recently decided to replay it from the first game and just continue on from there. So beating the first one, beating the remake of the game that was the bane of my childhood, and then so on. Uh, did you, when you went through the first one, did you uh, do any of like, the side content? Did you do like the uh, optional bosses? Because I never did that, but I, I, did. I yeah, looked it up. It was, the, yeah, it, was, it was my first time ever battling and successfully beating all of the side bosses. Well, I didn't battle and beat Sephiroth. I attempted to battle him because I accidentally went into the menu and went into the battle and then got killed in like two hits. But yeah. I definitely b battled the optional bosses in both Neverland and Agrabah for the first time and beat them both. Dude, like the one I... in Neverland definitely took a lot more th thoughtful planning than anything. I was about to say that Clock Tower Neverland fight. Uh, I just could not even get close to beating him. Um, the giant guy in in the Aladdin one. Definitely, I got closer, but I was not at a point that I could beat either of them. They were very hard, and, and I was a big yeah. coward. <laughs> the Neverland bo optional boss definitely takes... It probably took me over an hour of just methodical planning just to plan my which items I needed to take in, which party members I had to take in, who needed to have what abilities. It took probably over an hour of planning before I could actually even come close to beating the fight and then by then i would always run out of mp healing items so then i had to factor all of that in i uh i i had always like growing up i was trying to be like the edgy cool kid um and i had always been like yeah kingdom hearts is a game for babies and going into those games like i had picked up the like complete collection for cheap so it's like i should probably play this i I spent money on it, and I, I've got a bad habit of spending money on games that I don't play. But uh, uh, going into that, I was very surprised on, like, the difficulty and how much fun those games were as, like, actual, like, competent action RPGs. Like, I was blown away going through the first Kingdom Hearts game. And the best thing about Kingdom Hearts is that music slaps... It's so good. Yes, it does. <laughs> you I can, still listen to the soundtracks. You can hate on like everything else about Kingdom Hearts. I think it's fun. I think it's charming. Uh, I had so much fun in the Winnie the Pooh world because I love Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> but the one thing you cannot deny is Kingdom Hearts music is so good. It is. It is amazing. The battle themes are just phenomenal. You just cannot. Sometimes I'll even just pause the game just to listen to it for a little while. Um, question for everybody in 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 the podcast room: um, Simple and clean, or sanctuary? That don't is know that I've ever question. heard sanctuary. Go listen to sanctuary. Right but now. I just want to clarify, as someone whose only experience is watching my brother play through the second one 18 times over the course of a summer. Uh, and this is all, of course, about a decade. No, I'm sorry. 15 years ago, I forgot I'm an old man now. Uh, Simple and Clean is a banger, and actually the only thing about this game franchise that I like. 
except for being able to ask Tristan this question. Tristan, what's getting Norted? <laughs> Do I need to go in the full detail with spoilers or without spoilers? I want that is a John no, no, question. No. Uh, let's do. I'm gonna give you twenty words to explain what being Norted is. Oh God! I'm uh, so excited. If you could make it a haiku, I would also. Be I very can definitely not do haiku. I can definitely not do haiku. I was a horrible poetry writing student. Oh. Actually, I read some of Tristan's poetry. He's pretty good. Actually, he's pretty darn good. I think the biggest thing is I'm not going to let Tristan do this. I want Skylar to explain to us what being Norded is because I think Skylar Thank hates you. Kingdom Hearts more than anything. <laughs> hey, Skylar. Well, essentially, getting ordered means you unplug your PlayStation and throw it in the trash, and then you boot up a PC and play Elden Ring. Okay. That's definitely not it. That okay. was really easy. Are you renouncing? Why couldn't you figure that out? Are you renouncing your, your title as the Kingdom Hearts guy? I've never played Kingdom Hearts in my life. I played a demo, hated it, and never touched it since. I feel sorry I for you. <laughs> I want to start beefs. And well, Tristan, you've never been to Zelda game, so I feel sorry for you. Knockout. <laughs> like, you could beat Breath of the Wild in 30 minutes if you really wanted to. I'm too lazy to do it. For this Someone part, please tell me what being Norted is. For this part of the podcast, I'm going to put, I'm going to put Tristan's name and Skylar's name, and I'm going to put, like, a little, a little versus thing in between them and do, like, an opening bell for a boxing match. I'm excited. <laughs> Please give me great. But no, basic. The basic idea of being Norted is when the main bad character turns a good character into a bad character. So it's basically just a transformation thing that's somehow is only temporary, and it half <laughs> makes me happy and half makes me sad. You personally, or yeah. the person who gets Norted. Yes. <laughs> okay, so you turn someone from the Jedi to you the turn, Sith, yeah. you but only for a little the, bit. The G yeah, it's like Vegeta, but temporary. <laughs> <laughs> I like that Tristan read Dragon Ball as uh, Vegeta was the righteous <laughs> one, and then stupid Goku turned him. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that Tristan there was, was, an entire, there was an entire comic series based on that. Yeah, it's called Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> um, actually. Um, actually. Um, I... does Goku ever get norted, Tristan? <laughs> yeah, he turned, he changed his name to Bardock right afterwards. I mean, That's if you factor Goku Black is norted. Oh my god, he's right! Goku does get is That doesn't count. That's a whole different character. You might know this is going to happen with a Kingdom Hearts segment. That's true. John, John, Danny, does that mean that when, uh, when Jean-Luc gets captured by the Borg, he gets norted? 
you remember those, those episodes in the original series where they right go here. to the mirror dimension where everybody's evil and how you know they're evil is they have goatee. They got little beard. And you, you there's a point where like uh 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 God what why can't I, I can't remember believe, Kirk's name? I uh, can't believe Captain, I went into the teleporter and Spock got norded. Captain Kirk gets scratched <laughs> on the eye because he's being a little bit too risque to uh, some of the <laughs> other people. And that's how you can tell him apart from the other uh, Kirk is one scratched and one is um, Okay, let's let's uh end this because uh we've got to <laughs> talk about in cool. living color tristan All like right. this this is like that show from favorite. the 80s yeah the exact show from the 80s well not the, I bought, the tristan. <laughs> I bought the first season fully at the at the pawn shop the other week while i was sick such a weird buy why? I like because something, something I would do, but you're not me. Have you ever <laughs> seen In Living Color before, or did you just like find a random DVD set? I, I honestly have watched many of the skits on YouTube before I bought it. That's one of the big triggers that made me want to buy it. That this was one of Jim Carrey's biggest breaks in TV. Okay, well, I, I, I personally haven't ever heard about this. What is it? So, in Living Color is basically where a lot of high-end black talent kind of got their start. I noticed that in a lot of later seasons, Jamie Foxx got one of his, I believe it was one of his breaking breakout roles. I could be entirely wrong on that. He was, but he was more prominent probably in later seasons since I only have season one. But they got a lot of key, um, I'm just gonna call them characters that they did. If you ever saw like Homie the Clown, that was a big character that was very prominent throughout the entire series. Jim Carrey created a lot of his famous characters, like Vera De Milo one of the most terrifying people that you will ever encounter for a lot of people. And just other ones like that. Okay. It was a, a lot of dancing in that show. Like every break before they had a commercial, they had a dancing segment. That's fun. Yeah, it, it was very interesting. I feel like it sounds like iCarly with the random dancing. That's the Amanda show. Yeah, <laughs> basically. Wait, no. Both of them did that, didn't they? I think so. Huh. I haven't well, seen I guess the Amanda show okay. in like ever, though. There wasn't, like, a random dancing segment on the sitcom iCarly, but on the web show iCarly they had. So yeah. technically, you know, that's kind of very itch. This isn't a battle of the color. We can talk about iCarly later. Yeah, we can do that later. <laughs> okay, um, do you have any, like, Anything else you want to say about In Living Color? I would definitely say it can be a hit or miss depending on your views on certain comedies and all that kind of stuff. If you don't like like just things like SNL, like skit comedy or like that, I wouldn't entirely recommend it. But if you kind of like just 
random skits that are put together with different characters, then I would definitely recommend it. And it's definitely very quotable. Okay. That much I do know. Okay. Well, well. cool. Um, Our next thing is uh, we're going to start our... We do this every episode. I don't know why I keep making this joke, but I think it's really incredibly funny to make a joke that we have a theme going after two episodes. Um, but this is our animation talk. And since uh since Ben isn't here, I'm gonna I'm gonna take over our animation segment. Uh I have no qualifications. I just like cartoons. That's my stick. Who doesn't like cartoons? That's my gimmick is I didn't grow up. Um so the uh the next segment we're gonna talk about is turning red which is a Pixar movie that just recently dropped. I really like this movie. Have any of you guys seen this, heard about this? I've seen it. I Well, I've seen the beginning of it, because when I watched it with my niece, she just kept skipping around to the different sections that she liked and wouldn't let me watch the entire film. But what I did watch of it, I definitely liked. I When I saw... Th- Every single tra I watched every single trailer hyping up for this film and it did not disappoint. Um, I think you guys will really love the fact that the code name for this movie before it was released was My Neighbor Toronto. Um, because that it's extremely so good. Better. <laughs> it's very Can good. Can we just call it that from now um, on? There are very clear influences of like things that we we love. I mean, Tristan, you'll like this, uh, because it's very much very much influenced by like Ronma one half and 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 stuff yeah. like that. Um, there's some like cool Power Ranger stuff. There's some cool like Backstreet Boys stuff. It was a really enjoyable movie. Um, I hear there's a scene where they all drink a bunch of lean. Did yeah. that happen? I don't Probably. think so. <laughs> I, totally I think. Haven't. I know one thing that I still don't understand is why the band is called Four Town, yet there is only five. There is five of them. Yeah, there's five members. Um, no, this, and I don't understand that at all. This uh, this turned into a a really enjoyable watch. I've been uh, I've been kind of a big fan of a lot of the Disney uh Pixar stuff that's been coming out. A lot of it's been having a very, I guess, non traditional Disney story. Um and making a situation the conflict as opposed to a person. Um, so this all started out with like Luca and I love Luca so much. Like Luca is top bar for me. Um, but I um in in Canto would be I guess the most recent and the most similar parallel where. The conflict is like family expectations. Um, this movie is like a uh, it's it's a coming of age. Um, Turning red is obviously a a metaphor for for puberty. It gets into a lot of that, and it has a lot of a lot of talking about um, how the expectations of your family 
um, can be very detrimental to your development and how uh, found family is just as valid as as the flesh and blood family. Um, there's just a bunch of like really really cute things of like uh, it, it's this girl she she's getting to that age where she's trying to become her own person um, and she's starting to like boys and everything. This is a really really funny scene where she starts drawing like uh, like anime drawings of her and a boy she likes um, and she's getting really into it. Um, and it's more so like her dealing with her, her mom have, has a lot of expectations of her being like this perfect daughter and this very, very like pure, innocent person and coming to terms that she is her own person and she likes to do the things that she likes and she likes the music she likes and she likes the friends she likes to hang out with and not necessarily having an environment where that is demonized and it's just it's really sweet and i'm really liking that sort of sort of theme coming out of disney pixar lately where it is that sort of coming of age and the conflict is being true to yourself and 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 staying the course for that and you know taking arms against the opposition to be who you are as opposed to there is a big villain that I have to fight, you know? Okay. I would uh, also say another big thing that just has no relevance whatsoever is also be aware of kaiju, even if you live in Canada. There is a giant a point where uh, a giant red panda might be stomping through the city. And that's great. Um, you gotta be wary of that shit. But yeah, I I I definitely recommend this. Like I I I feel like Disney Pixar. Not only are they like putting in things that are looking different than your standard fare. Like they've done some uh some style changes that isn't your normal Disney stuff. Um, but also. Like I said, making these very incredibly like personal movies, I've really, really enjoyed. So, keeping that animation train rolling, um, I'm going to get into... Uh, I went to one of my local theaters, and I watched uh, all of the Oscar-nominated short films for the uh, animation category. Um, and there are... I think I'm going to talk about three of them. Um, besides, besides one of them, I'm not entirely sure where you can go and watch these. Um, one of them that I will talk about is called Robin Robin, and that is on Netflix. Uh, but if you have the opportunity, if there's a showing near you, um, or if these get released anywhere else later, definitely check them out. Uh, but the... I, I, I'll start with Robin Robin first because I brought that up. But uh Robin Robin, it is a thirty-one minute um uh stop motion animation, a uh, bunch of very cute belt creatures. It is about a Robin 
who uh, during a storm one night falls out of uh, her nest and a family of mice find her. So she's raised as a, a mouse. And the big thing about these mice are they're going into these houses, they're stealing food um, because that's how they eat. And they, they're, they're getting in there, but because there's a Robin with them, who is just a sing-songy, noisy creature, they cannot get food. Um, so there is a really good like uh, musical motif. They have this stealing song, so they'll sing it as they're sneaking in, and it's like it's this song about we have to get in, get in undetected, like Metal Gear my way into stealing some breadcrumbs. Um, and they they sing it, and the, the cool musical motif is every time they sing it, uh, the Robin will try to join in, and she gets very out of key, um, and you can tell like she really doesn't fit with this song. Um, and as time goes on and she starts discovering her place, she starts fitting with the song. Um, there's a really good relationship between her and her siblings. Like they keep talking about like one upping each other at the houses to steal things. And the big thing that Robin wants to do is Robin wants to go in and steal a whole sandwich. And everybody's like, no, you can't do that. And she's like, no, I want a whole sandwich. Basically they get into a place, uh, uh, because she's very boastful and she's trying to outdo her brothers and sisters. Uh, she causes them to be seen. They aren't able to get anybody out of there because the whole mice family is trying to uh, to help, like get her out, make sure that she's safe. They get out, and she feels really bad because they're sitting there and the night's going on, and they they're getting really hungry. So Robin decides she's gonna go in and steal something by herself to make sure that her family has food. And it's it's a story about self discovery. Um, it has a very nice message of not that uh, you're not good enough to do something, but what you have to bring to uh, an operation is something entirely unique to you, and that's fine if you're not good enough to do the same thing as somebody else, because you're better at doing the thing that you're good at doing. And at the end. When Robin finally figures that out, she starts out with her song, and she, instead of trying to horn herself in there, she uh, becomes a harmony outside of it. It's very good. Love it. Check it out. It's on Netflix. The uh, next one. Does she steal that sandwich? She does get a whole sandwich, yes. Yeah. Um, Okay, watch it now. The next one, uh, like I said, I'm not entirely sure... Uh, where you're gonna be able to find this, but the next one is called Box Ballet. Um, it is drawn very crudely, like it. It's not a nice looking thing, but it's very charming. Um, it is a 15 minute short. It's from Russia, uh, which, yeah. Um, but uh, it's about a ballet dancer and a boxer um they live in the same apartment building they meet each other and it's about their two worlds coming together and them falling in love and it's done very very sweetly there's a point where like the 
belly dancer, her purse gets stolen. Um, and then like you just see the boxer sprint after after this guy on a bike, and then like a whole night goes by, and then you finally get like a pounding on the door, and the boxer's like all beaten up and bloody, and he has the purse, and I think it's very sweet. I thought it was so charming. It was probably my favorite short out of all of the five that I saw. The last one I saw was a uh an animated I want to say it's a 15 minute animated uh thing from Chile called Bestia. Um it follows a a woman who was working for uh the Chilean secret police. Um and she is doing some very nefarious things. Um it opens up with her on a airplane. Uh all of these models in this are like these kind of really cool porcelain dolls. Um and the first thing we see with her is that there's a crack in her head and it's just a crack in this porcelain. Um and it goes into talking about what she did and um it's very much it's it's told with uh more symbolic sort of uh uh imagery with the guilt she's facing with a lot of stuff she's doing um i don't want to go into what she's doing i think that that is uh part of the discovery and your interpretation on it um but it is it's very uh very disturbing uh very interesting uh visually but i really really liked it um and yeah i i out of all of those i think i liked there was five of them i think i liked four of them one of them was like the most like uh like college animation film school like aren't i so deep um I'm not going to talk about that because I feel like I came out uh, fire spitting with a uh, free guy. So I don't want to be super negative on this, but that is, uh, that is everything to do with uh, the Oscar short films. So with that, we end animation hour. It was a good one. Miss Ben wish she was here. Um, uh, he probably would have told us better things about that and told me what I got wrong, but I'm a guy who can't grow up. I like cartoons. That's my qualifications again. Cool. The next thing <laughs> we're getting into is uh is gonna be what is our I I guess uh uh, uh mid season finale of this episode. Uh we're gonna talk about one of our big subjects. We have two big subjects. Um three of us have played this. Uh, we're going to talk about Elden Ring. Um, Hell yeah. I I think it's been me, me, Danny, and Skylar have played Elden Ring. Um, James, have you touched any of this? I saw Danny play it for 10 minutes. Okay. So I'm basically an expert. That's all you need. Yeah. That's a professional level of understanding. Uh, I know that the horse is named Yakul. And that you collect Eldens 
and uh, there's this one part where you get tricked by a disabled person, and I'm not into the themes of that, frankly. Um, Tristan, have you uh, have you seen anything from this? Not at all. Okay, so I guess Man, you, uh, guys, you guys just let that joke die. <laughs> um, uh, okay. uh, <laughs> so you guys will be teaching me everything at this point. Yeah, I mean, I, I I'm sure everybody who's listening to this uh, has probably. I've been on silent this whole time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> everybody who's listening to this has probably heard of Elden Ring. It's the new new hotness right now um but just to the people who haven't uh elden ring is the new souls game from from software uh and the big thing about this is it is an open world game um so just think of it as big dark souls and it is in many ways, it's very big Dark Souls. The enemies are the biggest they've ever been. They're just huge. I really enjoy it. Yeah. yeah it's the like, best Dark Souls game. I I think in the, so far in this game, I have... I want to say if I count all the hours I have together, I think I might have 50 hours. I've been playing three separate characters, and just, like, I'll explore and find, like, a place where... Uh, there's somebody who's selling spells, and one of my characters isn't like about spells at all. He's just a big boy with a big old sword. Uh, so I'll put it down, and I'm like, okay, I got to get this character over to this place to get uh, get these spells. Um, yeah, this uh, this game has like kind of engaged me in a way that I don't think I've been into a game for like a really long time. I can agree to that. Um, so being a bit of a Souls veteran, I, I, I played through all of them, finished, completed, even a few. Um, so this Unlike game... Tristan with Zelda. Final round. Knockout! That's totally besides the point. <laughs> um, what did you just say? He said, unlike Tristan with Zelda. Hell yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy That's one for you, Skylar. You got shooters out here. Um, <laughs> I love you, Tristan. I promise. Be- no, you don't. Before, uh, <laughs> before Danny gets in here to to like validate his uh, his his credentials, if you will, um, like how at least I met Danny. Um, he had been like a a peripheral friend. Like I I knew people that knew him. And he was like good friends with other of my good friends. But I think how like I properly met him and saw him was he was like the guy in the in the college game room that like he would he would get out of class and just like put in Dark Souls one and he's like, Okay, I got like an hour till my next class. I'm gonna go beat all the Dark Souls one and then get in there. So uh Danny was like for the longest time the Souls friend. Him, he, he played a lot of that and a lot of Smash. But, yeah. He's a, he's a real OG. He's prototype Zero. Well, like, what? D- Danny, like... Zero had all the bugs and functions, but the proto-Zero? That's why it was still good. Danny, didn't you, like, go in there and, like, you would 
somehow like I correct me if I'm wrong, but like you would un un install like uh patches in the game because they were <laughs> parts that were like there's this exploit in Dark Souls one, but like after patch six, like you can't do it anymore. Uh-huh. You don't know how bad it got? Like so there was a point where I did a race with a guy because he was apparently the best Souls guy to ever exist. He like was friends with Miyazaki and everything, went to Japan. You know, that kind of guy who his uncle works at Nintendo. So we had a we had a race and he was playing on his computer and I was playing on one of just the fucking regular ass PlayStations at the college. And so we had to determine who won the race by loading screen time, like because <laughs> he would load faster because he had a, a computer that was good and I had a potato. And I, it turned out that I beat him by 10 minutes in game time. <laughs> Oh my god. Only a Dark Souls player would calculate the fucking the the loading screen time just to see who's the time in between. I respect that though. I respect that a lot. The thing that sets Elden Ring apart from the other Souls titles in the franchise is the way it encapsulates that Metroidvania exploration kind of feel in that there's lots of places you can go and like, it's the most satisfying thing when uh, you get abducted and thrown into this, like, weird area you've never been to. And you walk outside and it literally looks like hell and you're afraid of everything and everything's terrifying. Like, it does that masterfully. That's exactly what the game is trying to do to you. And um, just every second you spend has a way of, like, there's wonder to it. You don't know what's going to be around the next corner. You have absolutely no idea, like, what weird machination is going to fuck you up next. Like, nothing can be expected. Like, even the wildlife, a generic-looking fucking goat isn't just going to run away from you. It's going to curl up into a ball and Sonic away. Because it has to. This is a from-sub game. It doesn't make sense. But also, like, that's exactly the flavor that this FromSoft title is going for. It is joy around every corner, sadness around every corner and triumph to the very end. I, I, like, you're absolutely right, is, like, the way this game succeeds is every, like, every moment, like, I've seen maybe every once in a while, like, in some of the, like, runes where you base a random boss, maybe some enemy uh, reuse, but, like, every moment is, like, this new, fresh story. And like, like I, I'm sure we could sit for for like probably like a, a whole podcast, me, you, and Skyler just sharing stories of like stuff that happened to us that would be so entirely unique to what we were doing. Um, but like that's what this game does is it like it creates such an interesting narrative not only with like I feel like uh it, in a very similar way to like Breath of the Wild. I see something, I want to go look at it, and I go there, and every time that I go to a certain place, it pays off with, like, either an interesting story, an item, um, or, like, an NPC that, like, totally, totally recontextualizes the way I want to approach a situation. Like, whether, like, like, what I was talking about is I have three separate characters right now, and, like, 
in my explorations with one of them, if I find something that I'm like, this is going to benefit this character, I'll go there, go there with that other character because it has that souls thing too, where it's like different classes feel different to play as. And I can go to the same spot and have a different situation happen too, you know? Um, like me and uh, me and Skyler have been going through this game like kind of semi solo and then multiplayer, but like just the dumb stories that me and Skyler have together, like it's so great. And the sense of wonder and exploration, I think, is is so I guess like great because not only do I want to go do things, but I'm so afraid of the world. And the fact that, like, I still want to go explore, even though I, I went into a weird forest and there was giant-ass bears, like, that's a <laughs> testament to that game. Like, there was a point that I had gone into a place, I went down an elevator, um, and it just kept going down, and I finally hit the bottom, and I was just in a different game. Yep, it's just a different place entirely, and I said, "No, this place isn't for me right now." <laughs> I went right back up, <laughs> and like, it's it, like I was saying, this game has captivated me in a way that like I haven't felt in a long time with games. Like I am so interested in seeing every little nook and cranny. Like I am, I'm not the type of person to take screenshots with games, but like even from a visual level, like this game is so stunning that I find myself stopping and like taking a picture of, uh, of like that weird uh, tree that Griffith made when he did the thing. Um, <laughs> unrelated, unrelated, unrelated tree. <laughs> um, or like, I. Uh, just like another story from today, uh, I was hanging out in Bear Forest because I had to go get something different in Bear Forest, and I knew that the item I wanted was in Bear Forest, and I was trying to sneak away from the bears, and like I was hiding behind rocks and everything, and I walk up to this rock, and like I, I literally poop myself because I realized that this rock that I was hiding behind was just a really sleepy bear. And I saw his sleepy bear face, and I, I, I was real scared. <laughs> I had to run real fast out of there. But like, it, it's fucking hilarious. It's so fun, and like, it not only is it interesting to look at and engage with, like, it's fun to play. It, it, it's all of the stuff from like a Souls game, but polished in to the nth degree. Um, bosses are fun. The other thing that's great is it'll turn those dynamics on their head to piggyback off of your bear point and all of those bears that are in that forest. There's points later on where, like, you'll find this statue that's got a crack in its chest and it's glowing. And, like, clearly it's destructible, but you're not strong enough to break through that. So what the game is telling you is, hey, go poke a bear and make the bear hit this rock so you can have all the juicy insides. Like, <laughs> this thing that you're terrified of, now you have to interact with it. It's not something you can avoid. There's an incentive that says, let this bear fuck you up and you can have a reward too. Yeah, this game like has a weird level of, of like it forces you to engage with every bit of its world, even if you're just terrified yep. of it. 
you have to do it um because it's about progressing and like the the big thing about this game is i was afraid it was going to get the breath of the wild treatment where it's like oh this open world is so fun and lavish and cool um but everything else kind of takes a step back because they put a lot of work into that. No, you go into that first castle and you're like, oh, it's going to be a tiny little castle. No, nah, you just stop playing the open world Souls game and go into an actual Souls level. Yeah. It's insane how big some of those fucking dungeons are. Insane. I I wandered around, like, the first time I went into that castle, I think I was in that castle for, like, two to three hours and I would go into a new room and be like, how is this still happening? Right. It's, it's crazy. And then like, uh, last, last night me and Skylar were playing and we just, we were walking around on that castle and like just dropping onto places that like felt like we were breaking the game because it was like, you're supposed to stand on like this two inch, uh, two inch piece of concrete sticking out of here and like we'd keep going and like we'd be like there's no way we're supposed to be here and we'd find another item there it's like that's the thing did you know there's an underground to the castle oh i know there's an underground to the castle you know how i figured that out i didn't figure it out until i looked at a message that told me to jump on this weird piece of wall sticking out and suddenly that wrapped around to like an above area that i'd never been to before there was a point that i fell into an abyss and i died and it said it did the you died message, but my body didn't fade out. It just kept falling through geometry. And then I fell into this weird, weird chamber where there was what looked like a dead body. Uh-huh. Yeah. Game's yeah. wild. Game is wild. Like, I, I even like the first first real boss you have to face uh what is his name uh market uh super cool so cool insanely cool kicked my ass he literally just you come out and he's like oh you're too ambitious you want too much i'm gonna put that flame of ambition out right now and then you start fighting him and he gets super hyped He's like, warrior blood flows through your veins, dude. And then he's like, okay, I'm going to actually fight you now. And he brings out all of his cool energy weapons because he's enjoying the fight so much. And then then you beat him, and he's just like, yeah, you are pretty cool. Great fight. You have to watch your back forever now because I'm going to still try and fucking oh, yeah. kill he's, you. He's coming for you. <laughs> it's, it's, it's. It's great. Like, I, I like the Souls games. I've dipped my toe in, I think, all of them at this point. I've only actually gone through uh, Bloodborne, but I'm going to finish this game. I am going to keep playing this game That's until there's nothing left to do. There's so much. I'm 80 hours in, and I still haven't beat the damn thing. <laughs> that is insane. Like, I, I, I think hands down and like Bloodborne was the top of my list for forever. I think this might take it just hands down. Easy. 
Skyway. But I will tell you, if your if your plan is to see the whole map, please don't stop until you have uncovered literally everything. And even then, you still haven't seen it all. Oh, but I... there's this one spot where there's literally the coolest boss in the entire world. I have to show Jimmy tomorrow when he comes over because mm-hmm. it's the hypest thing ever. I... Like I, I can't beat it, but <laughs> I still want him to see it. I I you found here. I found that sword. Some walls take multiple hits. Oh my to god! Uncover. Did you hear about that? No. What? There's a discovery. Oh that yeah. There was an invisible wall that a guy had to hit fifty times before it actually opened. <laughs> fifty times. <laughs> what the fuck? Are you Dan, serious? And I didn't want to send it to you because I know that I wanted you to be ready for D and D on Sunday. So not ready. <laughs> um, I I have to hit every wall fifty times. My yeah, favorite, that's what I was working. My up. favorite comment. There's two of them. Uh, that came out of me watching that video that I went and looked at the comments about. Uh, was uh, one had said, you know, all of those messages that said that there's an invisible wall here, and they were clearly lying. The Maybe they're uh-huh. right. <laughs> and then right. The the other one was. Oh no, now we have to go back and hit every wall 50 times. It's so good. It's just opening up more and more. Like, I can imagine, like, this being similar to, and uh, if you guys don't follow, I'll try to explain better, but, like, this being similar to, uh, to Punch Out, like, we're, 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 uh, so many years away from that game and there's still stuff people figure out out of that game even doom speedruns are being shaved like at this point like no one's actually gonna know what all of elden ring is like because they updated it they added five more like quest lines in this last update there are quest lines oh there's quests. yeah what did you NPCs, you know, like you have to follow Sigmire, be his best friend until he throws himself into a blender, you know, like that sort of thing. Did you uh did okay. you find that one guy who really wants his fort back and then you get his fort back and it's really sad because it's all all destroyed and everything? No. He's no, I haven't. He's this like royal guy and it's like, yeah, I'm actually the lord of this whole land. Um, can you uh can you help me get my fort back? And you help him and uh uh, he's like, oh, thank you so much. I'm going to make you a knight. Just meet me back at that fort. And you get there, and oh, there's a bunch of goblins in there okay. now. Uh, And you show up, and he's like, I can't make you a knight. I'm too sad because my fort's all broken. It was fun. He's such a prideful guy when you meet him, too. Yeah, he he thinks he is the best thing ever, and he's talking, talking like mad crap on Go- uh, Godric how he's a coward <laughs> and then you run into Godric and oh my god Godric is the furthest thing from a coward he's so big and he's got so many arms he's gonna be a dragon one day oh my god um Skylar I yes is there anything you want to say about this game before we uh we just take I think the, the ashes out. of war is super cool and I spent so long to get one and I was so disappointed by it when I got it because, John, I just got a sword, right? Mm-hmm. That does the same thing, but it's got a third charge to it. Oh, yeah. And I got it, and it took me, like, five seconds to get that sword. I could have just went there. I, uh... <laughs> I... I... Swords are cool. I like to hit things. 
uh game's pretty big tree big dragon big tree big die there's and that's all i gotta say about that there's so many dragons all over the place to like various states of of uh dilapidation some of them are doing pretty okay None of them are other ones are not grass. doing good at all some of them are doing very bad and they're still much stronger than you i, I <laughs> have you found the turtle shell uh shield yet dan I didn't want to. I've been avoiding anything like killing turtles, being no, mean to turtles. You don't have to. Because I love my turtle pope. You don't have to. He's my bestest friend. You I just, know. You... I know. I did find it. I Because I'm so late in the game now that I could just finish it. And I wanted to look up certain things and just like mm -hmm. get them. So I did go grab the turtle shield and I found like an entire village I had missed. Two bosses I just hadn't fought. Like, I, it's just all out there and you have no way of knowing where it's at until you run across it. But uh, the one thing I did want to touch on before we wrap this segment is like <laughs> throughout the Soul series, Andre has been the best blacksmith, except now we have the actual best blacksmith because this guy is just Godo. <laughs> have you talked to him very much? Is this the blacksmith in the, the round table hold? Yeah. I haven't talked to him a tremendous. Uh, the, the one thing I will say is. I might make another character um, because me and Skylar are playing this together. Don't necessarily listen to a lot of the dialogue um, because we just got to go fight bigger and, and badder enemies. We got to go <laughs> sneak around. Wild, and... that's great. There's a storyline between him and the spirit tuning lady and like their interaction is pretty sweet and um, just... As he talks to you more about like his whole thing, because he's like shackled to the round table, mm -hmm. um, he's just becomes more and more goto. Like it's just so bad. Oh my god! Speaking of things like, they that copy him and made him a dragon. Speaking of things that uh, they've just directly uh, uh, homaged from uh, Berserk. <laughs> uh, I found that sword. It's big. It's so big. It's so big. There's also a sword that's just made of other swords. It's a reference to the Throne of Swords from Game of Thrones. Well, I mean, George R. R. Martin had nothing to do with this game other than naming everything in it. So yeah, like yeah, he, you're, you're right. You go through like the the origin story of that world, and uh, it, it it spawns you in, and you realize George R. R. Martin he uh, he cast his check at that point, and then Miyazaki took the rest of it. Yeah. Um, that's fine. That's it. You, as someone who's tried to been a, to be a fan of George for like ten years now, it's tough. It's I think you guys got the better end of the steal. It. <laughs> I it, have experienced only sorrow, so you guys, that was a good call. You we know, win. I I think that probably Game of Thrones could benefit with a a person to take the baton from George because he's. Like, no matter what, he'll never finish that race. Absolutely not. Uh-uh. Absolutely. Uh, but, yeah, that that game is, is great. And, like, the level of customization, like what Skylar was saying with the Ashes of War, you can just get your, your, your Bloodborne Dash. You can, uh, you can get a giant, like, uh, uh, giant sword a la 
Captain Commando's super in in Marvel Two. Um, what I've wanted is just to make every Souls game just more of a fighting game, and they've done it. Best Souls game. They've done it. Eleven out of ten. Eleven out of ten. Skyler. Forty-two out of be- it's better than Breath of the Wild. <laughs> wow. This is the Breath of the Wild killer. Coming from Skyler, that's high praise. That's well. I mean, I I think I made it quite clear I'm not fond of Breath of the Wild, so I'm not really sure that's true. You seem to be quite a big fan of Breath of the Wild. I like Zelda, but I don't really like Breath of the Wild. Breath of the Wild doesn't feel like a Zelda game, therefore I don't really like it that much. But you play as Lonk. <laughs> That's the only redeeming factor of that game. Um. Okay, well, so we can get into our other things because we have one other major topic, which will be our last oh. topic, so you have to come in. What do we have to talk about? Oh, we have three, other, three other things to go through before we get to that. But uh, I'm just teasing this, so if anybody's like, I'm probably like an hour 30 into this, there's no way I'm going to finish this. This will make them stay till the end because we have oh, our final subject, which is later. Um, it's a teaser. It's a teaser. See, that's why I get paid the big bucks in this nonprofit. Uh, uh, Wait, you're getting paid? <laughs> no, no. I'm going to do an ad read. I'm going to insert an ad read for Hulu real quick. So Please that I don't. Can oh, yeah. Please. Hey, it's Hulu. We don't have those episodes of the Connors that you want to watch. <laughs> okay, but so... you could be saving a lot of money with honey. Yeah. Oh no. I like no, both that of was those. too close. Uh, okay, that was a so, positive thing. Uh, you want to hear? Mm, no, no, guys. No. Uh, the next subject we're talking about is, uh, is it called Rizzoli and Isles? Is that it? Yes, it is. Okay, yeah. sorry. I just i i i didn't i didn't know how much like how much of a BoJack spin I should put on it. <laughs> um whatever, whatever works. Rizzoli and Isles. I I don't know what this is. Um God, you were sick, huh, Tristan? <laughs> what? <laughs> you just had nothing to do. Is Rizzoli and Isles it is either it, is it like a it's either some it's sort of like show. like drama or a cop show. It's a cop show. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> twin detectives <laughs> so the main characters are a lead de- an investigator with the Boston Police Department and her best friend who is actually the medical examiner for the state of Massachusetts okay so it's, it's kind of an interesting idea behind it Do they this date? is probably the third or fourth time I've watched this entire series Okay. Okay. Go on. So I know all of the ins and outs. It. Okay. Um. It, it, what do you like about this? I'm trying to think of the right words because I'm I'm at a loss for words of how to explain it. Think it's there are definitely a lot of drama aspects. They hit a lot of notes about family and how important it is, like. I'm not I'm trying not to say any spoilers about it in case anybody does go ahead and be like, oh, I might as well try this try a couple episodes. 
it, the first episode definitely hits a high note. That's for sure. Are you it saying that, on... that the first episode's the highest it goes? No. Okay. Like it, like it kind of draws you in with like a heavy high note. So it tart, like the main villain is in the first episode is a key character that was in their past that is currently and will be a threat for the entire for pretty much the entire first season of the show and just to see how twisted some of these people get that they go after is just kind of a roller coaster all on its own Mm -hmm. but they definitely try because i think one of the high points is that there are cop shows where it's like two female detectives and they go and do their own thing, but they're kind of making it a twist. So it's like a cop and a medical examiner. Oh. And apparently it's also based off of books and I have not read books of this. I've never I read a book before. I still have not looked it up. What are books? Exactly. Okay. That sounds really cool. Father, I cannot click the book. Um, I'm I'm seeing what books they're based off of while I'm looking. Okay, it was it's a group of it's the um every episode is based on a different book re- written by Tess Garrett. I'm, t- I'm gonna botch their name terribly. Tess Garrettson. That sounds right. I think that feels so. right. That sounds yeah. like a name. <laughs> I, I, I yeah. Okay. I haven't I haven't read any of them yet. I'm now tempted to now that I know that each episode is based on that, just to kind of see what each one's about. Okay. But no, I think that family values definitely play a big role in the show, where especially if you kind of look for that in a show as well. Uh, tune in for the and next we episode. We do look for that next show. Where uh, Tristan will give us a about a 30-minute review of each book. Um, Probably. I'm going to have to look at the library later. Okay. So the next thing we're going to talk about is another video game. We got two more video games and then our super secret special end segment which isn't like super secret but it's it's still good uh i'm gonna flip these just so we have some change in in speaking order uh i played pokemon legends arceus it's a good game it's fun you catch pokemon it's everything that i've ever wanted a pokemon game to be um it does not look good it is a very ugly game uh but playing it's fun. Uh, that's all I got to say about that. <laughs> that's all I got to say about that. I feel really bad because, like, uh, this was on the docket last time, and I was super into Arceus. Uh, but all that enthusiasm came to a grinding halt as soon as I played Elden Ring because that's my new new favorite thing right now. But good game. I- I'm going to be completely honest. I played Arceus probably the first three or four days after it came out. 
and then I just got distracted by like everything else that was going on that I just haven't been able to pick it back up again. I, I, like I, it's one of those ones that it, once you get distracted, it's kind of hard to get back into. I like how they tried to go a different route and make it more of an open world, well, quote unquote, open world exploration kind of game. I like how they did the catching of Pokemon and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. But I noticed that there are some key points that are definitely lacking. I certain certain Pokemon definitely look a lot weirder. I, than they should. I I think that this game as far as like uh as far as the look goes, I think they did terrible. Like I it it's very weird to contrast uh compare and contrast like uh Elden Ring to this and I don't want to only talk about Elden Ring because I sound like a broken record but I can't imagine two separate games visually like Elden Ring I am so excited to look at things just in general I do not want to look at Pokemon um it's just <laughs> you it's, what the legendaries look like yeah I, I I don't think the designs are bad I mean I even think like the no, not uh terrible but I when I saw them I was kind of horrified at first. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Uh but the Hisuian like versions of Pokemon I think are are somewhat cool and cute. I like the uh I I like Voltorb a lot. Yeah, I do like Voltorb. Um I think that uh Cyndaquil uh yes. uh Hisuian built, uh form I think is really cool. I like the ghost fire typing. Um I think that <laughs> The Suindu Sidui is pretty strong. Exactly, too. yeah. He gets his little like straw samurai hat. Um I there's so many the things. Suin Samurai kind of fell. Yeah, you know. I don't like Samurai to begin with. So Me neither. I, I I I think it's an improvement from Samurai, but I think it's a weak design anyways. Yeah. But what this game really makes me excited for is uh Legends of Legends Arceus 2. Literally don't change anything, just make it more visually <laughs> impressive um yeah no i make it visually standard not even not even just impressive make it look like it's not a piece of crap um i think that uh it looks like they're kind of going for something similar i hope in the new scarlet and violet um so i'll keep an eye out for those i think those starters are are real cute looking and i think they're really good what what is your favorite starter which Uh, one do you think you're gonna start with i'm partial to donald duck but that's just because I'm really I like Quaxley a lot. Yeah, Quaxley is really good. But Pepper Crocodile is just is just adorable. I it, Weed Cat and I want to flush him really so bad. Too. But yeah, Weed Cat. Weed Cat's, weed cat's pretty strong thing. as well. Um, but that's true. All of those like really good. I mean, I I don't think the same thing. I don't think that. Like this Pokemon game is lacking. I think everything about this Pokemon game, I like more than other Pokemon games. And like the big thing that uh, I think I talked about last episode too is like this made me excited for Pokemon in like a a like new sort of way because I've been out of Pokemon for a hot minute. Um, just because nothing's really interested me, but like this made me want to go and watch Pokemon again or play Pokemon again. Um, so kudos on that. I just wish I did not have to look at it. 
Um, well, fair. now you don't. With the blindfolded speed run, baby. <laughs> I play Pokemon Arceus based off a of smell. So I need that to be a thing. So uh, uh, the next thing what we have to talk beam. about is uh, much like how I quickly want to run away from Pokemon Arceus because it's just a very ugly game. Sonic, Sonic? also likes oh, okay. to run really fast. And he nice. doesn't yeah, like Pokemon does. either. <laughs> Tristan, you've been playing Sonic Forces. Oh, what yeah. Is Crutch? I finally bought it. Are you limbered up? I, uh, I'm a little out of, uh, out of, I'm out practice. of shape on this, uh, podcast thing. It's been a hot minute. I've been going that was crazy awesome, with seagulls. <laughs> this is a pretty good transfer, John. I can't lie. This I don't whole... want you to think I didn't like it. I liked it a lot. You're the only person I'm like really trying to impress with these because I feel like you're the one that that appreciates it. I did like it in the last episode, like re-listening to it, like listening to the madness unfold as you guys were trying to guess what I was going to next. But I feel like you're the only one that really gets me, James, with these transitions. Oh my god, I, I just I like can I like a good podcast almost as much as I like a bad podcast. Okay, I I'd like to think that we walk the line between the two at any given time. Um I just want to uh, this is one thing I have to talk about um before we go to Sonic. I know I've already transitioned to it. This is in bad bad form, but hey. This is the hanging out with cast where uh expectations should be low. Uh I just looked, <laughs> looked over to a screen. Uh, my partner is playing Pokemon Legends Arceus, and she is obsessed with, like, Mime Jr. It's her favorite thing ever. I looked over to the screen, and uh, she she literally has a a box full of Mime Juniors, and I'm so terrified. Well, mimes are terrifying. It's a scary thing. But anyways, uh, Sonic forces... I'm sorry, to jump in... While we're distracted about Sonic and stuff, this is a debate I have with other people, and we don't have to talk about it for long. How do we feel about clowns? I've slowly been getting over my fear of them. That is <laughs> I... for sure. They're okay. more irritating to me at this point. Can I ask you what <laughs> what your what your therapy for getting over clowns is? And why is it so slow acting? Just dealing with just dealing with fucking clowns. Like, I'm actually able to watch it and not just be afraid of it. Afraid of what? Exactly. Because <laughs> remember, I watched part two at your house when I was over there for a while. <laughs> so I'm slightly just irritated at clowns, not afraid of them anymore. There's well, some it turns that... out... I'm weird because I think clowns are delightful. I I fancy myself do. a rodeo clown. Like I I I like one of those. You guys ever? I mean, I like mimes more than clowns. You guys ever? Maybe see... that's why I like clowns is because rodeos were a big deal when I was a kid. You guys ever see that episode of King of the Hill where Bobby's a rodeo clown? Classic. Alright, sorry, maybe just wanted to talk about that. clowns for a minute. Okay. For a minute. Maybe that's why I made that shitty musical about mimes, I don't know. Sonic Forces! Because <laughs> I'm going to force us to talk about Sonic. 
That's fine. Can you tell how much we want to? I uh, how is uh how is Tristan the Hedgehog doing? Well, I definitely restarted the game. I my char- I made my character a bird, just because there's no birds in the game other than your original character. So it's just basically a Sonic fan's wet dream, so you can you can make your own Sonic OC. Okay, so I do want to say that I I think the internet has definitely shown what a Sonic fan's wet dream is, and I hope that this is not the mm-hmm. equivalent of that. It's definitely not that, thank God. One thing I can definitely say is that I checked the like the you can when you're online you can check your compare your times to other players. And I just keep looking at the best times for every stage, and I'm like, this is impossible. Are I'll g- take are... a guess on how, how fast every... this, And it's the same person every time. Guess how fast they complete these stages. One. It's just one what? One, one micron. They freaking finish all of these complicated stages in a second. And it's the same person. Is is this the game that uh, introduced Infinite? And there's that cutscene where Infinite shows up and it's like, Wow, he's even faster than Static! Yep. Cool. Same one. Do you like this game, Tristan? <laughs> is his name Infinite the Hedgehog? No, I think no, he's like he's an a, eldritch, like, like Cthulhu he's man. A wolf. No, I think he's a Cthulhu man. I know more about Sonic than you do, Tristan. Come on. Yeah, he's... I know you do. <laughs> I haven't played Episode Shadow yet, so episode... I don't know pre. pre- episode... What is Episode Shadow? <laughs> Free DLC for the game. <laughs> I thought it's it what... just sounded so much like a Shin Megami Tensei title. <laughs> I was like, are they doing this now? Are they doing this now too? Yeah, probably. There is I there is it. persona outfits in in that game. So you're not like super Yes, off. there is. I that think makes you sense. Can dress two up, Titans of Sega. I think you can dress up Tristan the Hedgehog as uh as Joker from from Smash. Yeah, you could do Joker, you can dress Joker up as from Knight. Smash. That hurts so much. Why did you say a that lot to of me? people know him from which I know a lot of people are wrong. Tristan, you know, people are going to be wrong about you know, stuff every day of your life. What are you going to do about I know. it? You know how, like, when the when the Beatles Wait, so the and guy. they were absolutely right, said they were more popular than Jesus. They were oh. much better music. <laughs> I think the first <laughs> album of Jesus is really good, but everything else is. You know, the part that I always play is that after a while, it all just kind of sounds like gospel music. Uh, (laughs) I mean, you're not wrong. So, Sonic Forces, yay or nay? It's definitely better than Sonic... Well, no, nothing's better than Sonic 06. Okay, that was like two two different statements almost immediately. Well... Like within because I just remember how much you and I used to play two player on that on that game and just complain about how the bubbles wouldn't do jack shit. Yeah, yeah, I I've played a lot of Sonic '06. Um, Yeah, you did. Okay, so Sonic Forces, uh, it's pretty good. Is pretty good. 
But you know what's even better? Our what, final God? segment! Uh, hey! hey. <laughs> we have a theme. Haha, <laughs> joke, because we're only two episodes long. Um, uh, it, our final segment this week is also a, 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 another superhero movie. Um, so, <laughs> I guess, I guess you sound we have so a type. Disappointed. No, I'm the opposite of disappointed. I have a I'm lot of, I have a lot of notes on this movie. Um, I haven't seen it, we, and I don't know if I want to. I. It's good. It's. I'd like it. Sure, it's good. It, we we watched uh, the Batman. Um, it is. <laughs> gonna be our last uh our last topic the batman is a 2022 film uh directed by matt reeves um matt reeves for anybody who 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 cares is uh i put down what i know him for and what i like him for he directed the first cloverfield movie i i think that movie has a lot of flaws but i still really like that movie because it's a kaiju movie and i like kaiju movies um movie. He also directed I want to say the last two uh movies in the new Planet of the Apes trilogy. Um and then he directed a a movie called Let Me In. Um that's more important because uh he worked with uh the director of photography, uh Greg Frazier on that movie specifically. Um and I think that the visual identity of this movie is very important, so I want to shout out Greg Frazier. Uh, Greg Frazier is known for uh, doing episode 1, 3, and 7 of The Mandalorian. That's not his biggest thing, but I just thought it was neat. Um, <laughs> uh, doing uh, Let Me In, as I talked about, that's where he worked with, uh, with uh, Matt Reeves. And then uh, he also did Rogue One. And he did uh, the Dune movie last year. Um, this movie is... Yeah, he was the cinematographer for Dune? Yes. Weirdly, that makes a lot of sense now? Yeah, there's... Uh, I, I am trying to um, think about film a lot more critically, especially because of this podcast. I want to be able to say why I like something. So I've been trying to do notes when I watch a movie. Um, and going through like the actual talent of this, there's a lot of a lot of crossovers, uh, crossovers, a lot of a lot of points that it makes a lot of sense why this film looks the way and uh, is written the way that it is and directed the way that it is. Is these people have their trademarks and they put them all into this movie. So, um, I guess how I want to start this is kind of talking about how we liked it similar to spider-man we'll go into that and then we'll talk a little bit more about this movie um so just for sake of i talked to skylar about this movie already i'm very interested to see how you found it james uh you know uh as a rule i don't like superheroes that much because I, it's just not my steez. It's not the kind of storytelling I like. But Batman, I have historically liked more than a lot of others. 
because it's a very self-serious sort of project a lot of the time. Uh, the rest of the time, it's like Adam West Batman. I don't care for it a bit, even though everyone else likes it. Uh, this is a, a very serious Batman movie in that uh, it, it's it's got the two things about Batman that I like the most, where it kind of needs to... It's tough because it's comic book here. Uh, it's a comic book story, but also needs to be profoundly ideological for me to really, really jive with it. For me to like it a lot, because that's a lot of what I liked in the small amount of Batman comics that I've read. The better parts of the movies that I like, and a lot of what's frustrated me with Batman generally is that it isn't. Batman seems to me to be very obviously about things about about specific conflicts in the organization of a society and when a movie isn't talking about that but it feels like it ought to be that frustrates me greatly so i watched this movie i liked it a lot i thought it was very fun uh and i also thought it was extremely dark <laughs> and like upset and it makes people upset which is delightful so it's it's got the best of both worlds and i think it's a great film to watch with your family with your family yeah absolutely i mean you definitely want uh you want like uh oh, can i do spoilers oh yeah what's I, the dilly on that i don't okay i don't care you should take your children to a movie where uh john Turturro, as an aging mafioso who runs a city strangles women to death uh frequently uh, almost like a serial killer to silence them uh, as uh, as an allusion to uh, just sort of a domination of of uh, people uh, of vulnerable people as a larger point. So yeah, no, I think that's fun for the family. Also, it's got famous disgraced YouTuber call me Carson in it. That's pretty cool. <laughs> uh, um... do, do you remember when Joker came out and we talked about how? Uh, the the moral panic about it being an incel movie and it being like, uh, what if what if school shooters finally had their movie? <laughs> this is like uh, there, this there's is... literally a part where the Reddit brigade shows up to shoot it like a black woman in a position of political power. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, there is, and there? that. Yeah, there sure is. I, I, I really love this movie because uh, it's it's got the ideology and wants so much Batman to talk about. I have a list of notes. Do we want to hear James ramble? Uh, I, yeah. Let's get Always. into that in a little bit. I want to yeah. get uh, yeah. Skyler's first impression and my first impression. Um, you want to? That go was first, supposed Skyler? to be my first impression. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're fine. <laughs> I don't do those. Uh, that was... I do deep dives. I'm sorry. Oh, we'll. we'll dive deep in this how how much time you have james i uh it's forever we're we're reaching uh, uh what could be considered the next day as far as recording um i'm willing to go to like like four more hours talking about batman <laughs> i definitely <laughs> cannot i literally have no time limit and everything i don't cover here i can talk about at the later recording when we when we do hours. our uh, similar to our Spider-Man <laughs> retrospective, doing a Batman retrospective, I do not want to do that. I do not like Batman, but hey, 
I like this. Batman. I did a Batman <laughs> retrospective, and I want I want to compare briefly it to two different. Okay, uh, Skyly, do you want to go first on your first impressions, or do you? How do you want to? Sure. Okay. Since mine will probably be the shortest. Um, that movie sucked. I'm just kidding. I really liked. I really liked the movie. My favorite part of the movie was um, definitely in the framing and the color of each scene. Um, a lot of movies like the my movie favorite movie of all time is Troy, and that's just because they use a lot of choreography and visual storytelling instead of um, a bunch of CGI. Of course, there's mo- a CGI in that movie because ancient Greece doesn't exist. What? But they focus more well, on actual acting instead of just trying to be flashy both in choreography and in the way they speak. And that's something that I saw a lot in Batman, and I really liked it a lot, is it was a lot less flashy and a lot more into it, if that makes sense. And I really liked that a lot. Like, uh, my favorite example is, like, the end of the movie. Like, we're doing spoilers, right? Yeah. I, it, um, at the, at about... the end of the movie, when Catwoman and Batman are separating, it shows them, like, actually separating ways one they go down the road and one turns left one turns right but when batman looks back instead of just having it be a picture of her backs and where the body's looking backwards it shows that little scene but in a mirror and i really like that a lot because not a lot of movies do that these days okay um okay that's all i have to say about that movie. so uh i my impression is uh unlike james i i i, I fancy myself a a kind of a cheesy, cheesy superhero movie. I'm not like a huge fan of Marvel movies as a whole. Um, and I think that as far as like this movie in general, that's part of the reason I really like this movie was it. It was a movie that was definitely like you could tell that Matt Reeves wanted to make something, and he did not care whether you liked it or not. And I really respect that from this film. Uh, I, I mean, I, I love myself a uh, Michael Keaton. I think Michael Keaton Batman is so much fun. I, you know, the second best Batman after the Batman. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I, I can respect um the Chris Nolan Batman films. Uh, they're not up there as like my favorite Batman or super or movies in general. I, I, there, I watch them once. I don't ever have to watch them again. I can think that they're trying for something. It's not for me. Um, I went into this movie, uh, fun, uh, funny enough, as a bigger Robert Pattinson fan than a Batman fan, and went in specifically for the fact that it's Robert Pattinson. I think that. Uh, he, he's genius. He's a fantastic actor. Um, a lot of people give him some crap for being a Twilight guy, but uh, yeah, he's not bad in those movies. Um, he also part of him by far. He also hates them, which like if you want to be a fan of him, he probably hates those movies more than you hate those movies. Um, but. Uh, I I think like his other work, he's a genius. Um, the mainly like uh in recent memory, Good Time, he's fantastic in that, and in The Lighthouse, um, he's so good in that. Uh, but uh, 
I went in very low expectations, just wanted to see our pets. Um, and uh, the start of this movie, I hated it. I hated the start of this movie so much. It was so incredibly on the nose. Um, there's a point where uh, there's this gang, right? And they're doing they're doing crimes because it's Gotham and it's full of crimes. But there's one of the gang members um, who's like kind of looking at everybody. Um, and he's like, I'm not really sure if I'm in this or not. And how they show that is, uh, visually everybody has like this, like kind of clown makeup on. Um, but you can tell he's not really into it because his face is only half painted. And I hated that so much. Uh, it was so on the, I loved it because I wanted you, I wanted to hear you talk about it on this podcast. I, I, I. was marking out the first time I saw it. There's also like a a person who's on a bank uh at a bank just spray painting the word broke on it. Um I <laughs> I was watching that and I was like, "Oh god," because I I had went out with uh with some friends to go see this and I had paid for some of their tickets and everything and I was like, "I wasted my money. I'm going to hate this." Um and the 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 creme de la creme is because Batman's tortured soul. Uh, Nirvana starts playing, and I was so ready to get up and walk out of that movie at that point. And I'm so happy I didn't because after that egregious start, it becomes probably one of my favorite interpretations of Bruce Wayne, um, just from how well it's presented and because it's a unique perspective on him. But I, I ended up turning around on that movie so hard. And I mean, I similar to you, James have a notebook full of things I want to talk about. Um, I divided it into, uh, things I like and things I don't like. Um, so we can kind of get into our deep dive. Um, I think that, Hmm. I'm not sure how we should go about this. I'm thinking either like we can break it apart into pieces, talk about characters, talk about story, talk about theme, um, talk about uh, visuals and everything. We could just go into the story and just boil it all. Just tell everybody exactly what this movie is all the way through. <laughs> just give a, a yeah. summary. Uh <laughs> I don't I don't really know how to go about this but what I liked out of this movie a lot was character stuff. I thought that um where some things were very on the nose and I hated, there were other things that were on the nose that I thought was very funny um and very like I I think what I really appreciated out of this movie the most was it was a comic book movie that took itself very seriously where a lot of other Batman films, I feel like, are afraid, like, kind of embarrassed, I guess, of being a comic book movie, and they, they try want to... to live in two worlds. Yeah. They want to be, like, a very self-serious Christopher Nolan movie, and then they want to, like, uh, they want to, like, ogle, uh, 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 oh, God, what was the name of the lady who played to act? They want to ogle Anne Hathaway wearing a, a jumpsuit. Yeah. It's like, ah, can't do that. Can't be real cinema and not cinema. 
and like I still think there's some bits in this that like I wish they would have gone further and stuff. Like there are some character designs that where Batman I think is kind of very outlandish and very like true to his comic book thing, uh, his uh comic book uh, uh interpretation. I think like other people like the Penguin being mobster in in mob suit like. I don't know. I would have been a lot more happy if he was a little bit more comic booked up, but whatever. Um, I, I think that, um, still not entirely sure how I want to go about this, but, um, I guess, uh, I'll, I'll start out with my list of bits that I like. I'll start out with the first point. Um, I like that. Batman is like this intimidated, intimidating presence. Like the yeah. thing I did like out of the start of that was like this, this like he becomes this uh, icon of fear, um, because you just don't know if he's gonna show up or not. And he is. It's very interesting the way they portray a lot of stuff in this. There's a lot of like noir. There's a lot of like almost monster movie um and then there's there's like oh hey we're also trying to do a uh uh score uh scorsese uh mobster movie but like they make batman an intimidating figure where he could come out of nowhere and i think you'll appreciate this comparison to james since i know you've been playing uh resident evil 2 um He's like Mr. Mr. X. You hear him stomp into the scene before you ever see him. Yeah. And I it's delightful. love that. Like he he's made to be this intimidating monster. And like they kind of play um play around with that where like we kind of get to see how he is um and like how that affects him outside of being Batman, but like him being conveyed as Batman, he's like this this undefeatable Resident Evil monster that's just coming into the scene and just destroying everybody. Like people are shooting at him and bullets are bouncing off of him and he's like he he's such this like intimidating presence and I love it. I like the way that Batman is portrayed in the Sorry, I don't it's difficult for me to make a comment about it because it's just like I want to just comment the word correct. Like, yep, you got it. And which and, isn't that's not helpful. <laughs> another really That's not good literary analysis. Another really interesting thing about this, and like I you'll probably see me like the more we talk about this, the more I refer to the character, I'm going to call him Batman because Bruce Wayne is not a thing. Like no, like, no, no, no. Even uh, like no, in, all three Waynes got murdered. In in yeah, yeah, very true. Um, in in the sense of like the like Batman does not want to be Bruce Wayne. You get this like directly in a bit of dialogue he has with uh uh Alfred is like. Alfred keeps being like, you gotta breed Bruce Wayne. You're literally like, you're, you're, you're throwing away your family's money 
on this stupid Batman thing. And he's like, my work as Batman is the only thing that matters to me. Um, and like, they convey that in such an interesting way where like, uh, I think one of my favorite, uh, favorite scenes, um, is him showing up to the nightclub as Batman. He comes in, he's mm-hmm. the same sort of thing. He demands this presence and he, he's intimidating. He just beats his way in there. And then you have the scene directly uh, comparable to when he shows up as Bruce Wayne and he's sad and pathetic and he's begging to get in and he's trying to get in there based off of a legacy that like doesn't exist anymore. And like you get this impression that uh, Bruce Wayne, like when he plays Bruce Wayne, uh, he he's uncomfortable in his skin. Um, and like they convey that in in two other scenes. The other scene is like when he goes out to the funeral and and like where you had Batman, where you have these high contrast of lights and darks, um, very bright colors in these lights with like uh the main color palette with a lot of it is yellow, blue, and red. Um you have that scene and it's completely washed out. Like it's so desaturated and once again he just feels like he's uncomfortable in his own skin and the last one is like when he's being like somebody is portraying that they might know he's Bruce Wayne and he starts melting into his suit and that facade of Batman starts tumbling down and he loses that confidence and then when he figures out oh I'm I, I'm too far ahead. This guy hasn't figured me out. He builds up that confidence again. And I love the contrast between Bruce Wayne and Batman because this character is Batman. There is no Bruce Wayne. Bruce Wayne is, yeah. is Bruce Wayne is the stupid skin suit. He has to embody uh, between uh, his stints of being, being Batman like an existence that he has to painfully live with in between the, like the true purpose he has. Yeah. It's great. Much like any good, uh, 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 person who watches too many movies and has these delusions of grandeur. I've always said that if anybody was stupid enough to give me the ability to write a Batman movie, I would just get Batman and Bruce Wayne to be played by two different characters. It's just (laughs) more efficient. It's just easier that way. Because they need to be two different characters. And I'm not going to give script notes to the same person twice. That's that's just not efficient for me. That's not good filmmaking. I think Robert Pattinson did a good job conveying that. Like, I, Absolutely. I, I think that he did great in every regard in this movie. Um, I love the fact that uh, I know that it's not the Bruce Wayne that we're usually used to seeing, especially on the silver screen, where he's a billionaire playboy and he's he's mugging it up for the camera so he can get in and be batman he's a sad boy he's literally like i i i put down it's very funny because robert pattinson vampire uh bruce wayne is played as a pale uh a pale recluse that lives up in his like gothic tower that does not come out because he's a He looks like way more of a vampire in this movie than he did in Twilight. He's just a fucking Which as I said, he is far and away the best part of those movies. 
he's just the vampire in these movies and i love it he does like there's the one scene he's out in the sunlight and he's so uncomfortable it's so desaturated uh, th that was another thing i wrote down batman does not exist when when the sun is up i think there are no. points where he's out like at dusk right before or like right after night but like once the sun up the sun is up batman does not exist he just looks wrong. <laughs> he just looks so wrong. Like it's doesn't like it's not supposed to be there. It's like seeing it's like seeing like those the scuba diver foot like the scuba diver footage where they go underneath and there's like a cult. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's like that's not I fundamentally know what this one picture is and it's not matching with what's directly behind it. And it's it's very delightful. Uh the the other thing I like is how much these like superhero people once again are play uh, like played as their superhero counterpart. There's a point where uh Batman needs to cut something and he just pulls out uh his logo and it's just the battering and I love yeah. that. Did you notice earlier when he used it to cut the tape on the door? Yeah. That was great. I love it. Every time he like reaches in to take that out like I got up and I started cheering and everybody was really, really mad at me <laughs> in the theater of that. Um I the the um the scenes uh like the the scene where he's he's Batman, same thing. He's playing a different character. He's so hyper focused. He's literally an insane person. He's so focused on his uh his goal. He does not care who gets uh gets hurt. I love that. Um I love the fact and Skylar mentioned this, the ending has him and Catwoman go uh go different ways. And my favorite thing about that is that Cat Catwoman gets him. Like Catwoman understands that Batman's married to Gotham and he does not have time for anybody else because he he's got he's got Gotham. I really like that part. Um yeah, he has to like become an actual person before he can like have a personal in a personal relationship. I like that Batman. Yes, to develop being people. <laughs> he does. He ha he's really got to work on the whole like, uh, you know, having relationships. And like, I love, I love the way that you uh you put it that three Waynes died that night. You're you're absolutely right. Like any hope of Bruce right. Wayne ever existing. It goes away that night. Like he does not care, and I I love that about his character in this. Um, I I think that like as far as like the movie itself goes, um, I love the blending of like horror, noir, and uh a uh, uh, mobster movie that it is. Like Batman is a detective in this. He's showing up to scenes. He's looking at stuff. Um. And he's trying to solve something. It's not like he loves to beat the beat people up, and if he has the chance, he will beat them up, and he'll pick that choice over solving something. Loves it, but he has That's to. That's like solve his whole steez. He's so good at beating. Like he'll just beat the beat the crap out of anybody, and he doesn't like. He doesn't care if they're done. He's not done till he's done. You know. <laughs> um. What a villain. What a delightful villain they've made Batman. He's just, just a, like he should have been. <laughs> Very much so. Um, 
he does not know how to connect to people. Like, he's just a fucking asshole to Alfred the whole time. Um, He's so mean to that kind old man. I like the point where uh, uh, Catwoman, who's played by uh, Zoe Ka- uh, Zoe Kravitz. Um, Zoe Catfits? Catfits? Catfits. Catfish? Catfish. Zoe Catwoman. <laughs> uh... Uh... Uh, Zoe, uh, like, there's a point where, like, she's, it's this, like, sad scene where he's sending her into literally a den of snakes, um, and, like, they catch eyes, and it's, like, supposed to be this emotional moment, and she's, like, just looking for any sort of validation, and he will not give it to her. Any kind of human emotion, so that she understands, like... He he's she's looking so that he understands the risk, and he's just like, yeah, the contacts are sufficient. It's like, oh man, thanks, Bruce. Great. It's it's it it's fantastic. Um, I that the blending of styles. Like, I I want to go back to some of that. Um, I think some of it was messy. I think I I want to uh do a little a little uh drinking game in these that every time um john says there's pacing issues take a shot uh but there are pacing issues in this like i i like that they're blending styles but there are points that like this movie has a very like lord of the rings style ending where it's like this should have ended like six endings ago but there's still like seven more endings to go um but uh, I like the ambition to do all of that. I love I love the horror. I love the fact that when you finally see the Batmobile, uh, it literally does like a monster scream. <laughs> Screams at all those dumb mobsies. Um, excellent, excellent movie. Um, I like that. Uh, these are two other things that I thought were silly and goofy, and therefore a plus for me. Um, I like that one of the first scenes you see Catwoman in, uh, she not only has tons and tons of cats, perfect, great, uh, she's also just pouring and about to drink just a whole glass of milk, and... <laughs> John, she's a kitty cat. She's a cat. Do you get it? Um, I, I thought that, uh, 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 what's his name? Um, one second. I got, I got notes. I got notes for this exact reason. Why do I not remember? Who you talking about? Colin, Who you talking about? Colin Farrell. Uh, I looked at him and I was like, oh, that's Colin Farrell, which is a good thing because I, I like that he was in some cool prosthetics. Uh, I liked when they, they, they caught him and they had him all chained up and they leave. Uh, and he's like, oh, he can you, like a hey, yeah, get me out of here. And he waddles after him like a little penguin because he's the penguin. Um, uh, it's the look, best movie ever made. I don't know why you said it has pacing issues. But the last issue. This is, the last it's issue. much more watchable than than a lot of these other extremely long Batman movies. The, the last thing I really liked was there's a point where he's talking to the Riddler and the Riddler's locked up, right? And he's all... Uh, He's all, um, he's all cuffed up, right? 
but he has like a a a neck a a neck shackle on and i didn't know what it was but my favorite thing about it was the neck shackle was certainly bigger than his head and he could just get out of it real easily and i don't know why it was on him but i certainly appreciated it being there chained to his handcuffs it's chained to his handcuffs sure but why is it on his neck well that's like a real thing it, is it you can't actually get out of it. It's about controlling the angle where you can move your cuffs. Ah, okay. Well, I thought it was silly, and I still think it's I silly. I think it's a two-point system. I think it's still pretty cool. Um, uh, No, it's, it looks great. Um, The... Once again, Bruce Wayne isn't a character, so, like, people who... Uh, I, I, I listened to a podcast where someone was talking about Bruce Wayne doesn't go through a character arc, but Batman does. Um... I think they misunderstood the character because Bruce Wayne isn't in this movie. Um, Correct. Yeah. But like, that's I, like saying I'm, I'm mad that Han Solo didn't get like a cool scene in this movie. I like you're Bat right. Batman's character arc, which is basically I'm vengeance. I have to beat people up. Oh God, I'm, I'm inspiring the wrong people. I made, I made hey, some second. This didn't work. Yeah. Um, I thought it was, I thought that was sweet. Um, and like, I, I thought they did that well where it's like, I can't be vengeance. I have to be a symbol of hope. Um, I thought that that was really cool for his character. I thought that that was a big growing up point. And maybe next, next movie he can ride off with a uh, cat because he grew as a person. Um, he grew a person. He he grew a person. Yes, he finally grew a yeah, person. Yeah, he stopped being a um, he stopped being a monster and then became like a man who has feelings and goals. The the themes of classism are what do you mean? <laughs> what are you talking about? Are so great in this movie. Um, the thought of corruption, the uh, uh, the fact that like everybody is out to benefit themselves. Um, and therefore literally, literally strangling and killing the underclass to get ahead is great. Like, I, I, how much, how much time do we have? Cause this is the thing. <laughs> I, I love everything <laughs> about that. I love that, like, the whole thought of, of the monster that even, the Waynes have created is is this sense of classism. It's not oh the the Riddler's the villain, it's the society they've created. And I like that a whole bunch. Um So this is this is what I wanted to talk about with the Batman being ideological. It, it it's a uh... So, Gotham, you have to look at it as like a living world. It's a microcosm for uh, uh, neoliberal capitalism, as we all know. So, in order to create the, uh, uh, the, the, the world that can allow a comic book character like this to exist, it has to be the most cruelest and uh, uh, most blood-sucking version 
of uh, an American machine city, right? So there's 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 only one ruling party, and they they don't even say it, it's it's irrelevant which party it is. It couldn't matter less because they're all the same guys, from the Waynes to the to to Falcone to the Arkham's. It doesn't matter because they're, they're, it's all they're all it, everybody's working for the bourgeois, and they create these creatures like the Riddler. Or I mean, they literally create some creatures and like you know, Killer Croc and stuff, but not yet. <laughs> God, I hope the next movie's Killer Croc. Uh, that would work so well with this tone that they've established. Uh, and they create creatures kind of like oh, I don't know, Batman's a good example. So they they go and they create conditions that make these sorts of departures from normal life and inevitability, and then are absolutely shocked and flabbergasted when it when it comes back to haunt them. And to destroy them. My my favorite part about this movie is that the uh, whirlwind that the the corruption reaps is exactly what destroys it. And Batman is only there to facilitate and to curb its worst excesses. That uh, his entire purpose, he doesn't actually fight any of these villains. They destroy themselves. Which is perfect. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, it is the perfect film. I I watched The Dark Knight because I, I you know I, I wanted to to get some more notes going for for this little podcast of yours, Johnny. And I gotta tell you, I dislike that movie so much now. I thought it was serviceable, if a bit, uh, sort of dull. Uh, and not really interested in being a Batman movie or being a actual piece of cinema. It didn't, it didn't want to, it wanted to do both. So it didn't either. And then you watch the Batman and it excels in doing both. And uh, it's made me like all the other Batman movies less because I don't <laughs> think any of them got it in the way that this movie did. Uh-huh. You still have to make it about something. Yeah, so it has to be about something. It so has to be about the present day, much like tie it back to an earlier discussion. Uh, much like all the good episodes of Star Trek, it has to be about something that you personally, as the viewer, care about. And, and I got to tell you, you really care about the the general degradation of the human spirit when you walk into that movie, and you care about it just as much when you walk out. So that's that's that was delightful because it, it's really a movie about people being deprived of their dignity and that becoming a really a big issue for everybody else instead of that. Yeah. There is no, they lose the self entirely. Yeah. Um, I think that we're reaching the end because uh, I see two people muted, which means I think that everybody's leaving. So, Let's, uh, <laughs> everybody's running from this podcast, uh, and fair. It, it's, yeah, it's that's a good call. Um, but I, uh, I really like this movie. I do want to point out, uh, a few things I didn't like about this movie, and then we'll sign out and let everybody go to bed. Um, uh, a couple of things I'm not a big fan with this movie about is, um, 
First off, I put uh, Batman looks at kid at murder scene because kid is Batman. Do you remember after we watched the Joker, we had an hours long discussion in the kitchen of the apartment? But we both came to the conclusion it's like, oh man, it's a damn shame that, that the culture in the world has become this, this, this regressed because you can only make this movie if you promise people that it'll have a superhero in it. Mm-hmm. And I feel the exact same way about this movie. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of funny because I feel like two of our favorite superhero movies are using a superhero movie as a veneer to talk about something else entirely. And it's, it's, it's not what, even two of my favorite superhero movies anymore, John. It's just the only two superhero movies I like at this point. Um, because I didn't know you could do this until Joker and the Batman came up. Yeah, it's uh, it, it, I I like this uh this this thing of like let's just make Batman movies um as a way to talk about the thing we want to talk about this big social issue that we want to talk about. But I guess the only way we're going to make people watch it is... Uh, the only Batman. way I can go into a studio and get an actual effect for a movie yeah. with a budget is to promise them a Batman or a Joker in it. The best thing Batman has become is to be a uh, a buzzword for funding your movie so you can make what you actually want to make. Sure. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a farce uh, of art and uh, ideology at this point but hey at least we get these movies again you know we we literally didn't for 20 years you couldn't since the matrix came out you couldn't really make a movie that's about something it had to have a cape man in it or somebody has to be making goofy jokes on the side but uh I, i'm very glad that these movies came along and reminded people that uh, uh cinema does exist and uh we don't have to be a joke anymore um. Okay. Art can have a little dignity, I guess. It can be about stuff again. Uh, you you know just what? have to have a cape, man. You know what didn't have dignity? Hmm. Uh, when Catwoman uh kisses Batman as he's losing consciousness, it did not like mm-hmm. that. Um, I don't no. know why that was in there. Um, I what I put for didn't that feel like the right time. Why did Catwoman kiss Batman? When he was unconscious, why didn't she kiss him at all at any other point in the movie? And then the last note underneath Leaping that, I, said, reference. I, I, uh, I put, why didn't Gordon kiss Batman? Um, there, I, okay. They just have a hardcore bromance. That's about it. I was very confused at the first pass because I thought the Catwoman was gay. Uh-huh. And I liked that a lot. I, I was very excited for that because she kept referring to Annika as baby and stuff. I think she, I just got confused about terms of infection. I think she's bi, and I think there's something to be said about uh, her character uh, trying to get uh, any sort of level of uh, physical validation. Um, I don't think that makes a good female Absolutely, character. I, I hate that in a female character, but whatever. I thought that she did great in everything else. Um, I just don't know why they just kept making her kiss right. Batman and not Gordon kiss Batman because Gordon's uh, this is, way more into him. This is my other point. Yeah, uh, there was a lot of sexual tension between Jeffrey Wright and Robert Pattinson, which makes sense. 
if you're in a room with Robert Pattinson, there's probably going to be sexual tension. There's definitely going to be sexual tension. Um, he's extremely handsome. I I think that there's a lot of uh, strong character moments in this. I like the uh, the message. I like the uh, uh, undertones of talking about. I, let's call them overtones of uh, talking about classism. There's not much um, under. Um, nope. But I do think that the for all of those, I think the story suffered from trying to be a lot of a lot. You know, it tried to blend a lot mm-hmm. of things. Where I I did praise that. I do I do think the execution was messy. Um, in some of that, and I think overall the story itself was a little bit weaker because of that. But I think if that's what you got to do to say what you need to say, sure, I like that. Um, I like the Batman. I'm gonna give it eleven bats out of twenty-two bats. Eleven bats out of a billion bats. So many bats. There's a lot of bats for us to explore. There's not enough bats in this movie. If I could be so honest, so many bats. If you want to hear more about bats, come back for some more. That we'll be googling more bat facts. <laughs> bat facts in the next episode. Bat facts. Also, uh, uh, Tr- Tristan will be reviewing every book that. Rizzoli gonna... and Isles based off of. Thank you. Um, and um, maybe... I already requested one to be on hold. I'm waiting for it to come into the library as we speak. Maybe special... so much better doing homework for this podcast. Than... I meant to go see Batman again on Monday, and I saw it like three hours ago. That's better. It's fresh in your mind. Of <laughs> no, no yeah, it wasn't. All my notes were a damn mess, Johnny. Um. Good. Keep your uh, keep your eyes out, guys, for a lot of other things we're working on. I'm in. Uh, I am. Apparently, John has turned into a robot. He's a robot, man. It's fine. I'm not a robot on my end, and I'm recording this, so we good. Oh. Uh, but uh, keep an eye out on some stuff in the in the future. Um, we've got exciting things coming along. Um, I'm working on a personal project that i will tease when i have it close to done thank you guys so much for tuning in to a second episode of the hanging out with podcast um keep tuning in and we'll keep making stuff if you don't listen to us we'll stop thank you bye 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 bye